Could a freshman quarterback on half a season really win a Heisman Trophy? And where is everyone at in the pass rush ranks in terms of productivity? How does that affect their draft stock? We're going to get into it today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, folks. It's Locked On NFL Draft, and we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day, especially when you're looking for draft content. It's never too early to begin, and quite frankly, it's a lot of fun to watch it change over time. We're going to talk about some of that, and change is really the topic of the day. I want to get into some of the more advanced ways of measuring productivity, things that I track over at Rogue Analytics that help us set up the draft class after you've done your film review, after you have your grades for technique process and everything you can take from the film. How do you then match it up against production? It's a conversation that since Eric's out again today, I'm going to go ahead and have without him and he can come argue with me when we get back. But today I do want to say that this show is going to be very much back and forth as, as Eric handles a lot of the film in season. We'll both do film when we get to the off season. And I take a look at the front office aspect. My name's Ryan Tracy. And if you're new to the show, welcome like and sub over on the YouTube channel where you can actually get a look at us as well and everybody on the iTunes uh, and all the podcast platforms. We appreciate your uh, coming over and grabbing us. I know it's a bit different and I know it's change. I appreciate your patience with us as we get back into what is the format that is more daily, more hard hitting. And I know a lot of folks enjoy the, the hour long format that you've had for the last couple of years, but we want to hit a little bit quicker and hit some topics, get out and get on to the next thing. Cause there's just so many prospects to talk about. And, Change always comes. My top 10 uh, at any position preseason is now a little bit different on my draft board and the guys that I'm tracking constantly. New guys are popping on all the time, and it makes a difference. Change is inevitable, and change is where we're at right now. It's key after we talked yesterday about Spencer Rattler and the change that he's going to have to go through. How does he adapt to that? What does he do in terms of his future? That's all well and good. And quite frankly, something that's going to take a little bit of time. It's not immediate here today. What is a little bit more immediate and quite frankly, is something that is catching me a little bit off guard is all of this talking head national media outlet talk of a freshman with a game and a half under his belt coming in and being a Heisman candidate at this point. And I think Williams deserved to come in. I think he obviously provided a spark for the Oklahoma Sooners. And, uh, you know, talking about the Sooners back-to-back days is definitely two edges of this sword, one for the, the previous starter and one for this new starter. And like I said yesterday, there is a chance – that he excels. There's also a chance that he has a freshman setback. So anointing somebody into the Heisman talk already after six quarters, I think is way, way too early, but that's what happens with national media. They're striving for stories. What I'll tell you is, is that the evaluation that the coaching staff is going through has been more gradual and getting him onto the field has been more gradual. What it's done for them is allow them to have comfort that they can be uh, moving forward 
forward to get W. That's all that matters. Whether a national kind of trophy like that is in uh, not only the offing, but their plans even, is very suspect and, quite frankly, a really big stretch. That's not to say that it can't happen. We'll see in a couple of weeks. Let's see how this progresses. Let's see if there is a uh, college football playoff berth in the future for Caleb Williams. We'll reevaluate at that point, and we have a couple of years to get ready for all of our evaluations on him. It's a quarterback class that I think is drifting quite a bit. It's not something I think you can look at um, anywhere as strong as the last couple of classes. Yet, I think there will be some movement here in in the top half of the first round in order to acquire some of these players. And This is just going to go on. When we get to the playoff type scenarios, I think you're going to see some names emerge. We're going to get to that because I really want Crocs take on it and rather than just what I'm seeing at this point a little past midway through this and I want to get into the guys that chase quarterbacks very much on the the tip of my tongue this week something that I've been tracking quite a bit get to that in a second but I gotta tell you this episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving your community and every community across the country since 1965. Now it's been more than a place to just get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come and reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they have a dependable Wi-Fi. That always helps. And endless supplies of French fries and, and McFlurries. There's something to be said about cramming when you have a, available nutrients, we'll call it. That's, uh, that's a plus. Win or lose, a place where teammates can get together with competitors. A home team and away team can come and recharge. It's a place where you can always look forward to stopping by on a long road trip, resting your legs and getting a little bit of refueling. If you can stop anywhere when you're on a road trip, trying to get home, you know, trying to refuel from the exertion that comes from that is pretty important. And if you like it, you love it, then that's a place to go. So head over to McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. And uh, did somebody say that the Locked On NFL podcast is a watch party? Eh, maybe you could do that there. We'll see how it all shakes out. So I hope that you guys we'll check that out and support the people that support us and uh, they're loving it. You're loving it. We're all loving it. The other thing that I'm loving is when we get into more of the uh, advanced metrics, it's, it's great to have the film grades and understand where players are in their development. That is the key. I, I know from the experience on this podcast in the past, you've had that point of view that is film driven no matter what. And they're not wrong. Film has to be the primary source of any evaluation, especially of a college player. Uh, maybe if you're talking about high school players, et cetera, you, you might deviate from that depending on what the coaching staff is and the availability of what they've had to work with. But at the college level, you have to have that film grade to begin with. And you see players that come from very, very different levels, even in, in the Power Five conferences, in terms of what that coaching staff is able to give them in terms of skill set, in terms of development from uh, a good athlete in high school, if you still get to the end of three seasons and you're still seeing a good athlete that hasn't learned technique, that hasn't been able to put things together, particularly in the pass rush positions, that's a cause for alarm. That's a cause for, again, going back to what the raw possibilities are, but not necessarily making top 100 pick investments. And even as I watch college games now, I, I keep coming back to what the investment value is, that ratio is what I come back to. I'm going to share with you guys some of the things that I track. And it's important to make this 
an augment to the film. You'll have a film grade as you go through. Uh, hopefully, the more games you watch, the more accurate that you are. Uh, that is a, a tenant of film study. But once you get there, conclusions do count. They do matter. This is a metric-based, conclusion-based, outcome-based game. doesn't matter what level you play, what happens and what the outcome of any given play is important to the overall scope of winning, losing, and actually making progress in where you're going. So you do have to take a look at the production. Uh, that lends itself to some of the metrics that you see pretty often on, on television, uh, you know, obviously written about uh, by national media. And over at Rogue Analytics, we do a number of customs, uh, custom configurations of what we think boils the game down in performance to. Very, very important for what we do. And it allows us to track more aggressively and more specifically what you're getting on the field in terms of production versus what you see on the film in terms of technique. Uh, we'll get into some of those as we get closer to the draft cycle. Uh, the bear scores, the eagle scores. These are a lot of, of names that we use for types of players and the production that they can actually make happen. But I do want to share with you some of the start of how we get to that. Uh, and that is over, I'm going to share the screen here. If you are on the YouTube channel, you should be able to see this. And I'll even zoom in on it, hopefully, and make this a little bit easier to track because we want to get to the point where everybody can understand and be on the same page where we're going with this in terms of how it all plays out and you compare player to player. A lot of big names here, especially on the pass rush side. These are all edge players. I wanted to limit it to edge players because you do see pressure points uh, from some linebackers that are making some noise here. We'll go over those another day. This started out as um, my preseason top 10 um, made this list. I have, I've all added a couple of players. And what you'll see in these lists, if you are on YouTube channel, let me get this overlay out of the way, covering anything up. What you see is as pass rush results boil down what they get to. And for me, it's not just about the sack numbers. Uh, those are obviously the key metric that everybody wants to talk about on television, et cetera. And you'll see here, there are a number of players here in what is the top 14 or so that have zero or one sacks on the season. It is one aspect of pass rush. It is not the gold standard. It's not the one thing that you have to have. It's just a piece of the puzzle. And to illustrate that, I always boil statistics down into uh, their resultant percentages. And so what I call pass rush rate, pressure rate, is pretty ubiquitous around coaching staffs. I don't know that you see that uh, from PFF and, and from some of the, the media outlets, but coaching staffs want to know about what pressure rate is. And that is of how many pass rush opportunities you have, how many times do you affect the quarterback? That's what it comes down to. A couple of standouts here, and we're talking about stats after week seven of the college season. And this is where I start to really tick up and see what the totals are going to be. And it comes down to uh, the the unicorn here is Zion Tapulafetu, uh at Washington, who has only played one game. He just came back in week seven. He only played 10 pass rush snaps, but he got pressures on four of them. And obviously, super small sample size, but that is the kind of outlier that opens eyes, that 
requires you to pay a little bit more attention to make sure that you're checking up on that process, especially should he be back to full strength and be able to play meaningful snaps going forward in his contest. Um, a 40% pressure rate is very good. But the very next thing that you have to differentiate is how much pressure are you producing as an edge rusher? It's also how much are you finishing? What do those sacks actually mean in terms of the opportunities you had to affect the quarterback versus how well you finished that play and got him down on the ground? That is a big zero for the one game for Zion. And that's okay. The the small percentage of snaps here, a very small aspect, is just a start. What you also get to see is who the leaders are. And I think these names are going to become crystallized. You've seen Kayvon Thibodeau at the top of every board for everything that you've talked about for pass rush for the last, I don't know, six months. And he is earning his accolades at this point. Uh, In the top three, in terms of uh, guys that have actually played multiple games, uh, there's another player, Kayvon being one of them, uh, only played four games, uh, whereas the rest are six, seven. Uh, There is a five in this list as well. Um, And availability does go into part of the evaluation in terms uh, of the medicals and everything else that you're going to see in the the film review. But production on that, when he's sitting here at 22%, there there are three players with 100-plus pass rush snaps um, that are averaging 10-plus pass rush snaps per game that are actually converting 20-plus percent of those rushes into pressures, and he is one of them. Uh, What you see, he's rushing at a rate of uh, 15.8 pass rush snaps per game, and again, only the four games. So what that has converted him to is that uh, number three out of those those top group, uh, even though he's ranked high, that is the film, that is the possibility, but the production is there, and this is backing up what you see on film, as it is for Aiden Hutchinson, uh, another player, actually the number one in terms of guys that have played and been able to pass rush over 100 snaps at this point in the season, he is leading the nation in terms of pressure rate. And he's also very, very high up there in the finish rate as well. Uh, over 16 and two-thirds percent is what it is. And that's a nice clip that you can rely on, not just the ability to win in terms of hand fighting, in terms of get off, beating a man per play, but also getting around that fact and producing what you need to see in affecting the quarterback, not to mention uh, as you finish. Those are nice to see. I think the guy that's come on for me more so than I had expected preseason is Nick Benito here uh, of Oklahoma, a guy that stands out in a couple of different ways. Yes, he's in the top three here of pressure rate uh, at a little over 22.3%. Um, lowest of the top three in terms of finish rate. That does have to change. That is something that I think when you evaluate against film, and if say you come out and you have Hutchinson and Benito uh, as a film grade that, that's very similar or right together, then it becomes about how much pressure are you producing, even though you have those film grades. And you might give the edge right now to Hutchinson by a little bit. That changes for Benito that, that starts to produce more in your results going to be. What can they accomplish on the field? That's got to come up for the finish rate for Benito. But I will say this as well. The other thing that stands out about him specifically is the actual percentage that he is rushed in terms of dropping as the other option, right? In a passing down, does he rush or does he drop? He is the second lowest on this top 14-ish list uh, at 78, no, almost 79% rush. Whereas you see uh, Thibodeau's at 84, Hutchinson at 91, um, 
Carl Aftis is, is at 100, as is Ali Gay from LSU. You know, a, a lot of high percentage pass rushers in terms of the downs that they're used as the rusher. He is second lowest in under 80%, and he's still producing at a percentage rate, that pressure rate that actually gets home. We'll see if he can finish better. There's some other standouts here I want to get to, but I do got to tell you about some of our friends. I just got back from a trip. You guys know that I wasn't here last week, and Eric's out right now, but I was down at a beach, and it made life a little bit easy, even in the middle of the season. But in life, we're all bound for different things, and beachbound.com vacations can have you bound for adventure or passion if you happen to have someone you can take down there that you are sweet on. Uh, you can be bound for discovery or just simple togetherness, getting together, getting immersed in a different culture or just in the sand or just getting the rejuvenation that you need. That's certainly uh, what I was gone for. But you may or may not be bound for something encountering unexpected. You could have, you never know. And personally, when I'm out there, I generally end up somewhere with a drink in my hand, poolside bar or something like that. And I always enjoy the local uh, food scene wherever I happen to go. And as long as you have a good view and a a good drink in your hand, you can be as happy as you want. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Check it out. And you might have a little bit of spending money with you if you happen to save some money over at RockAuto.com because that is the easiest way to get all the parts that you might need for your car or truck, especially if you're a do-it-yourselfer like me. My truck always needs something because... I have a tendency to break things. It's the way that it goes. And going to rockauto.com lets me save up to 50 or even 100% on parts that I know I can get because it's not a brick and mortar store and they have it in stock. They can ship it to me and I don't have to hope that it's sitting in a warehouse somewhere here in town. They do make things really, really easy because they're a family business and they've been doing this for 20 years. They have a lot of experience at it and they treat all the do-it-yourselfers the same as the professional mechanics. One price for every single customer, and that makes a big difference. All you got to do is go build yourself a cart of the parts that you need on their website. And when you do, there'll be a little box that'll say, how did you hear about us? If you would fill in locked on for us, that would let them know that we sent you and that you're enjoying this particular coverage and that you're enjoying their site like I do because it makes things easy. All you got to do is get there and it'll take care of itself from that point. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck will ever need check out rockauto.com. And this is a big pass rush day. And I I do want to cover a couple more things before we get to what the X factors are. And I think one guy in particular on this list is standing out to me as an X factor. It's very telling as you see what the preseason loftiness is in terms of expectations versus how production actually comes out. Now, there are a lot of factors that and it's the guy that you're lining up to, especially for edge rushers, how are your defensive tackles? Are they drawing doubles or are you getting all of the attention? That certainly goes for a number of players on here. Uh, obviously, Allegate had his season cut short. He did get to 120 pass rush snaps. So I think that's a solid uh, volume to, to look at the data and draw some, some conclusions from. Drake Jackson is just under 100. And I think one of the things that stands out about him, as well as Adam Anderson that we'll talk about here in a minute from Georgia, Uh, Drake Anderson, I think, is a guy that he's not the top of the list in terms of the pressure rate. Um, I want to see what his, yeah, he's one of the lower in an 86% pass rush. So 14% of the time he's actually dropping. Um, He shows good athleticism. I think he's fine standing up or with his hand in the dirt. You know, when I, I get all 22 and we start doing the actual film studies, we'll know a little bit more about fit in terms of where that goes. 
But the nice thing about it is even though he's, he's in the mid-16s or low-16s in terms of pressure rate, he's at 25% of finish. So while he's getting a few less pressures, he is finishing a quarter of them. So one out of times, he's getting that sack, affecting the quarterback to the ground and stopping that play for loss. And that it is – I am one of the believers that, that pressure is king, sacks are extra. Um, adding that extra, when you get the yardage out of it, that is – a nice bonus that has to be sought after. Um, Adam Anderson is another one, uh, very low in terms of his pressure percent. Now, we'll have discussions about can he be a, a 4-3 end or does he have to be a 3-4 backer standing up at all times? That'll be a discussion for another day in the offseason, I'm sure. But one thing that does stand out is that at 11% pressure rate, it's not terrible. Um, certainly, it's not the bottom of even this top 14, uh, and certainly not in the top 50 of edge rushers. It is also key that he's getting home at 40% clip in terms of getting the sack out of that pressure. That is really impressive for a guy that I think the key statistic is he is the lowest in this group of, of what I'm calling the top tier of pass rushers for now until we whittle that down during the draft process. He's the lowest in actual rush percentage at 64%, just under that actually here at 63. He's not getting the pass rush opportunities. So that's why this pressure rate comes into account because now you can compare a guy that is not going all the time. He's not attacking all the time. He's dropping quite a bit more. Uh, He's got 90 total pass rush snaps at this point, roughly about 13 a game. Whereas if you go back up to uh, Carl Aftis, you know, at 150 snaps, very, very different. That's a 20% difference in terms of availability to get those pressures. And I think that's key. So you can understand not only why the Georgia defense is so talented, but how they're producing things is maximizing opportunity. Um, I think for a player that is asked to do a lot uh, more of backward play than forward pass rush play, at least amongst this group, I think you have to be pretty happy with where he's at. Much like old George there out at Purdue. And Carlactus, I think, especially this last weekend where he hit like 12 pressures in what I think was probably the highlight of the season for Purdue. I I could be wrong. I don't know how they feel about it, but I took it as a very big plus. In in a key game, a strategic game, I thought that kind of production really uh, stood out. He's also a guy that is very balanced in terms of when he doesn't get the sack. And I think, what is he getting? He's at 10% in the in the fin- finish rate of getting actual sacks out of his pressures. When he doesn't do that, he is still very much productive in terms of hitting the quarterback, contacting the quarterback here with double-digit hits, nearly as many hurries, where you see a lot of guys that are slanted much more towards the hurry where they don't actually get to contact the quarterback. Contact is a key aspect of affecting play over the course of the game, not just that given play for EPA or some of the other metrics that you might be looking at. So I think he's a standout as well. A guy that I don't think, uh, I think his get-off has improved since uh, his freshman year, but I don't know that it's anything to write home about. I'll be interested to see his testing, but the power, and I think he plays longer than he actually is. I think he uses his arm length well and attacks with it pretty well from the film that I've seen to this point. I'm very interested to see where he lands and if he is ascending here as we start to check in every other week or so. Let me know what you guys want to see or how you rank 
or prefer your production stats? What do you think is the most important? Leave some in the comments here on YouTube or in the iTunes re, uh, reviews there because that's, that's a nice way to get us some feedback as well. And we are looking back. I know the format change has been uh, on people's minds and we are definitely different. This is uh, this is not as much of a uh, entertainment show. We're we're talking ball as much as absolutely possible. And uh, I will ask you guys this too: if you would check out the site Breaking T slash Therese uh, in honor of Therese Paler, who we lost last season, another guy that uh, very very reminiscent for this time of year for me because I spent a lot of time with Therese talking about ball in this part of the season just as we started to see the all juice type guys show up and show out so that's it for me today eric crocker should be back with me tomorrow we'll make sure that uh if not we'll have another amazing topic that i think we're going to have a good time with i hope that you guys enjoyed this thank you for your time and watching us today making us your first listen make another one on the lockdown network your second listen i appreciate that thanks for watching and listening today and we'll talk to you tomorrow